Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Happy Wednesday. This is our second episode on Wednesday. And I'm very, very excited to have not one, but two guests with me today. So first of all, let me say the same things that I always say at the beginning of every show. I'm not here to try to tell you what to think. I'm here to try to get you to think for yourself. And because of that, I encourage you to please not believe a word that I say. If I say something and it lights up something inside of you, believe that. And in the meantime, we're just here to give you some great things to think about, some great new ideas, and something that hopefully, one of my goals is, is that maybe, maybe you might learn something, the knowing of which will change everything for you. But that's entirely up to you. So let me introduce my guests. I have with me here a very good friend of mine, Eva Ambika, is it Ambika or Ambika? Ambika? Ambika. Ambika Livingston, who I have spent some really wonderful time with. We'll talk about that in just a second. And also another friend, Robin Haston. Did I get that right? Yes. And both of these ladies are trained in breath work, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So I've been able to hang out with Eva a few times, and every time I have, she has said something or applied something or just had an attitude that, well, definitely taught me things through her words as well as her actions. And the last time we hung out was a lot of fun. We actually went to this really great place here in southern Utah called Fire Lake, which is really more of a pond. But it was a bigger pond than it looked like. And Eva invited me to swim across it. And I thought that was fantastic of her, that she thought so much of me that she thought I could swim across that lake. <laughs> I did not swim across that lake, but I watched Eva swim all the way to the other side and all the way back. And I was very impressed. And then while we sat there, we were with my, one of the girls who I call my daughter, and she is struggling with some um, bipolar issues, some depression, some mania, and some things like that. And we were able to sit down with Eva, and Eva gave her and I some really great breathing techniques to help us when we're feeling down, certain types of breathing that helps boost, and when we're feeling like too hyper, too up there, some breathing that will help us come back down. So I want to talk about all of that, but first of all, Eva, can I give you just a minute to introduce yourself and tell me how you know all the things that you know? Sure. My name is Eva Ambika Livingston, and I've been a resident of St. George since 1997. So I've lived here in the area, in southern Utah anyway. Um, I am an RN. I worked in labor and delivery for about 20 years. And because of bipolar, I'm actually no longer an RN. And because of the, those experiences that I, um, I had, I've left my nursing profession. And I actually now um, am in school for uh, yoga therapy. And even before that, I learned yoga breathwork breath techniques through my yoga teacher trainings. So that is fantastic. So you know a lot of things. And one thing that is fun is that you and I have both worked in labor and delivery and, and know each other from that whole realm. And it's a very, very different realm that we're in now. It very much is, very yes. Much. <laughs> and Robin... Please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you know how to breathe. <laughs> well, I'm a human, so I, I breathe, but I don't think I really ever learned how until I started studying yoga about 20 or so years ago. Um, and I just want to add that I have swam across that lake and lived to tell the tale. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
both of you and I still haven't. So that'll be something for my bucket list. But for right now, I will just look at both of you with appreciation. Yeah. I'm also a nutrition coach and a yoga health coach. So um, I love to help people find their best selves. And that really does start with the breath. It's the most important part of our yoga practice. Right. I'd really love to add that we're not talking about the small pond. For those of you who know Fire Lake. Thank you. It's Thank the you. back large lake. And Robin has swam across the length or the width. Well, and when and I was watching, you went from one corner to the other corner. I went across the, the entire length. Yes. I, I was impressed. And then I was when we were in the water and you were like, come on, let's go. And I went, <laughs> there was a minute when I thought, I wonder if I could do this. And the thing is, I probably could have. Had I committed to it, I think I could have. But I, as I sat on the shore and watched you do it, I was really grateful I had not committed to it right that minute. <laughs> but I promise you, I'll swim across that lake with you one of these days. Okay. So while we were sitting there, and I love that you guys both know breathwork, um, isn't it interesting that we learn so many things as children that seem so obvious, but then as adults, you can learn to really, really do them well and it gives so much more benefit to your life. And you would think that breathing, might, you might not, that occur to you as being one of those things that when you really learn to do it well, it can benefit your life. And I am not, that's, breathing is something that I have not studied as much as I've studied other, other things. And that's why I brought you guys here because you guys know more than me and I don't need to know everything as long as I know someone who knows all the things who can teach me. So tell me, why don't we start with kind of what we're going on about at the lake where if you're having a, a bad day and if you're feeling down and I'm someone who has dealt with depression in the past, how do you boost yourself? How do you use your breath alone? How can I do nothing, not even move from where I'm sitting and use my breath to improve my mood? Well, the very first thing that I would want to notice is whether or not I'm breathing shallowly or whether or not I'm breathing expansively. Okay. The second thing I would look for is am I holding in my belly and breathing in my upper chest or am I expanding and contracting my belly like a baby does when they breathe? And what results are we going to have from those different types of breathing? So if we're breathing shallowly, it's going to create anxiety and eventually depression. Now, can you breathe shallow from the bottom of your lungs as well as from the top of your lungs? Because hyperventilating, hyperventilating tends to be from the top of your lungs, kind of a... <laughs> mm -hmm. But can you breathe shallow from the bottom of your lungs too? If you're dropping your diaphragm down into the belly when you're expanding your lungs to, to take a full mm -hmm. breath, naturally you take a full breath. Uh -huh. Just sitting here, I'm kind of just pulling my diaphragm back and forth, and I can do that, but I don't feel like I'm really getting air from it. Right. I would say that if you are trying to hold your belly in at all, which mm -hmm. a lot of us do naturally, I mean, I was taught that. Mm -hmm. you know, well, for yoga, they teach because you want to hold mm -hmm. it in tight and that's how it's going to firm up and that way it's going to look all tight. Right? <laughs> right. And, you know, a lot of us as young women, we're told to, you know, kind of pull it in, pull it uh -huh. in. Right. And if we're doing that, sometimes we're not able to breathe fully, even though we might breathe in lower into the lungs. Right. But yeah, you got to be willing to let it round out a little bit to really breathe fully. Okay. So let that Buddha belly show <laughs> when you breathe. Let your belly be really soft so that when the diaphragm drops down, it pushes the contents of the abdomen out. Okay. And then you're going to get a fuller breath just by doing that alone. 
So if you're trying to control another part of the body, it's going to limit what you can do with your breath. Right. So here we're just going on breath, lungs, and kind of let everything else relax and follow what the lungs are doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what else? What you said, you check how we're breathing, mm-hmm. saying if it's shallow or if it's expansive, and then where would you go next? Well, the second thing I would want to know and want to understand about the breath is related to the nervous system. And so the sympathetic nervous system is activated on your inhale and the parasympathetic nervous system is activated on your exhale. And because you and I are nurses, we learned about those systems in school, but can you give a really simple explanation on what that means for inhale breathing versus exhale breathing? So when you're inhaling, you're activating the fight or flight system. And when you're exhaling, you're activating the rest and restore and digest the system that you want to be in most of the time. Right. And the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems, most people, I think, don't know that if you say that, they're like, blah, blah, blah. It sounds like Charlie Brown's mom talking in the other room. (laughs) But what that means is that is your fight or flight system. And when you are in one way, you're going, going, going. You're, you're, you're thinking fast, your adrenaline's running, and that's what happens, you're saying, on the inhale breath. And then the other side of fight or flight is when we don't have to, when it's rest time in between. And actually that's when your body um, is able to heal. Is able to heal, and that's when you process your food. You'll notice if you're running scared, you never have to poop. Because literally the sympathetic nervous system pulls everything back up. You don't need to, and if you do need to pee, it's going to go down your leg without you thinking about it. And otherwise it's going to hold on to your bladder until you can think about it while you're running. And that's, so then when you calm down is when the sympathetic side comes in and you can relax. That's when you digest, that's when you rest, that's when you heal. And that's specifically triggered when you breathe out. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the other thing that triggers sympathetic and parasympathetic is mouth breathing versus nose breathing. So the inhale and exhale through the mouth is going to be more of a sympathetic experience, whereas the inhale and exhale through the nose is going to be more of a parasympathetic experience. Okay. Excellent. So then if somebody's trying to um, improve their mood... or They want to breathe more through the nose... Mm -hmm. And is that what you would recommend them to do? Can you show us how you would have them breathe? How would you encourage so, them well, to breathe? Well, there's there are several things. So, oh, am I rushing you? Go ahead. So, so switching from mouth, uh, switching from chest breathing to abdominal breathing. Okay. Would be one thing. And then, as we said, you're going to have to have a deeper breath when you're mm-hmm. when you you're just belly will, breathing naturally. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing would be to increase the the length of the time of the exhale. So if you're inhaling for four seconds you're exhaling for eight seconds. Okay. And so doubling the time of the exhale helps to stimulate parasympathetic twice as much during each and every breath. Okay. And will that then have a calming? That will have a calming effect. Got it. All right. And then the next thing to understand is that you can increase energy and you can decrease energy and you can contain energy. And all of those things are important to do with breath work. And so there are different practices that you can do just aside from just breathing in and out through Mm -hmm. your nose. There are other um, specific exercises that you can do. And especially if for those of us that deal with um, bipolar disorder, deal with 
depression or deal with anxiety, any of those types of experiences can be um, shifted or maintained or adjusted through breath if you want to do a non-pharmaceutical means of managing symptoms. Well, I love that because as a nurse and as you are, I appreciate the value of medicine. But I also, as throughout my life, as a nurse, as a foster mom, as a human, I have seen medication used when it didn't need it to be. And sometimes when used far more than it ever needed to be. And so, but I also believe that there's not one answer to everything. There's not one pill that's going to solve everything. And for some people, a pill is appropriate. And for some people, a pill plus nutrition, plus yoga, plus breath work, plus meditation is appropriate. And, but every single person needs to find what works for them. And maybe a pill might work for a while, but you really don't want to do that. And then you might learn some breath work to really take you forward from there. So can you give us, like, help us out. If somebody's at home going, okay, I'm having a bad day. Teach me how to breathe. Do me some, ex- help me with some exercises to improve my day. So if you're having a bad day because you're depressed, is that? Yeah, let's start there. Okay. So with depression, I would use a breathwork technique that's called Kapalabhati. Kapalabhati. Can you spell that for me? K-A-P-H-A-L-A-B-H-A-T-I. That's why I asked. Okay. Kapalabhati breath. Kapalabhati. And the other word for that in English is breath of fire. Ah. And I like to give both the Sanskrit and the English. I do love Sanskrit. It's very, very beautiful. So with breath of fire, it's like a bellows breath. And if you can imagine that you've got a bug up in your nose, for example, and you close one nostril and you blow it out. Okay. That's what it feels like in the belly when you're when you're contracting okay. the abdomen. So there's kind of a pressure behind it, like out. pushing that out. Okay. And it's a forced exhalation with a relaxation of the diaphragm on the inhale. So are you tightening the diaphragm to push the air up Correct. as you're blowing out? And that would blow out the bug in your nose. Correct. And then relax the diaphragm, which just kind of allows the air to come back in. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you can imagine maybe you have a window pane in front of you and you want to fog up the window mm-hmm. and you go <sighs> okay to fog up the window only close the mouth and do it through the nose okay so do that with contracting the diaphragm to push the air up mm-hmm. all right and so if i was feeling symptoms of depression right now i would do 60 of those pumpings mm-hmm. and then and that would be you would you cover one nostril or just breathe out your nose? So that's alternate nostril breathing, which we can talk about if we also have time for it. But for depression in general, I would use kapalabhati, which is this type of breath. And I only used the nostril thing just to give the metaphor of blowing out a bug out of your nose. People people have have a difficult time seeing what you do with your belly when you're trying to do this type of breath. And oftentimes... People will push their belly out uh-huh. on the exhale. Okay. Trying to get that kind of force behind it so they right. push out. But the idea is, is to, to pull it in, suck the navel in mm-hmm. toward the spine during the exhale. And even as I'm doing that, because I'm, I'm practicing, I'm, I'm almost kind of pulling in as I'm doing that because right. I'm not used to it. So, okay. It kind of makes sense to cover my nose with, uh, 
even though it's, we're not doing single nostril breathing right now, but right. because you said that, that's in my mind, that that's how <laughs> I'll feel like I'm pushing. Right, okay. right. All and, right. And if you wanted to, you could, and I have, I have played with this a little bit myself. So just, you know, for the listeners, the other thing that's interesting is right nostril breathing is good to increase sympathetic stimulation. Okay. And left nostril breathing is good to increase parasympathetic stimulation. Ah. So if you wanted to increase the number, the, the amount of parasympathetic stimulation, I have practiced with this before where I did the, the Kapalabhati just through the left nostril. <laughs> and did that seem to have an even stronger effect on it? It, it seemed to. Not enough that I continued the practice long term. But it was worth trying. And I'm glad that you tried. I did. It's the scientist yeah. in all of us. I, I, I have recognized the researcher in me, and I like to do research just to see what works and what doesn't work for me in my body, because maybe it's a medicine, and maybe it's a breathwork technique, and maybe it's a yoga technique, and maybe it's swimming across a lake. I love that. And kind of like I said before, I there's not one magic pill, I don't believe, for anything. I, I don't believe that there is... One path to God, I believe there's about 7 billion. And maybe your path to God might cross my path to God, and maybe we're all going in the same direction, but that doesn't mean we're walking the same way. And we can still honor and respect the way that everybody else is walking, even if they manage their depression differently than I do. Maybe all of that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so can you do some of those breaths with us? So we've got on video, for those of us that are watching on Facebook, or come back to watch it later, but can you show us what that breath would look and sound like even for the listeners. Yeah. So if you're sitting up nice and tall and you just take a couple of deep breaths in through the nose and out through the nose and again in through the nose and out. And we'll inhale to begin the breath work. Begin the pumpings and begin. I'm going to let you keep going because you do 60 of these, correct? And I hope that listeners can hear just a puff of breath as I'm observing both Eva and Robin doing this. I'm watching their chest kind of have a little pump. And I was doing it at first with them and I realized I was doing it backwards from how she was doing it because I was pulling in instead of blowing out, just like we discussed a minute ago. And that's 60. And that's 60. Fantastic. And, and now take what? Take a deep breath in. And exhale. Inhale deeply. And exhale fully. And then with this type of breath, we inhale and retain for a few seconds. So inhale to a comfortable breath, and then you just retain for as long as is comfortable to you. And that might be 10 or 15 seconds. It might be 30 if you've done this practice for a long period of time, it might be a minute or longer even. Mm -hmm. And then for me, if I was feeling like I was having a bad day, I would do three rounds just like that. 
So it'd be three rounds of 60. Mm-hmm. And so. as you get more comfortable with it, you can do more of the pumpings. It just depends on what feels right for you in the day that you're practicing it. And that is Breath of Fire. Breath of Fire. I've, and with every technique, everyone kind of has a slightly different way maybe of doing it. And I've seen Breath of Fire done with your arms in the air. Is that a way that you would do it or recommend doing it that way? Yeah, so that's a Kundalini Kriya Mm -hmm. that's done with Breath of Fire and a specific mudra. So a mudra is a way that you hold your body in your hands or a posture okay. or an asana. Right. They often do it with the with thumbs, the thumbs up. up and the thumbs up. And this is a fire mudra, too. So it's like double fire when you're, you know, and you're just going for it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> how I've seen it done. And I've done it with along with others. And I was exhausted mm-hmm. by the end. But I, ex- I expect if I did it often, I would get more used to it, increase yeah. my cardio. Yeah, you'd increase your cardio, you'd increase your abdominal strength. So it's also really good for building the abdominal muscles. So for those of us who are concerned with that, a couple of Batsi breath is a really good way to build abdominal strength and keep you in a state of balance in the mind. Excellent. Well, and I'm, I do care about having good abs, so... But I also hate going to the gym or doing any kind of workout. So if you, if this will help my abs and my mood, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's why you've been doing it ever since Fire Lake and why mm-hmm. you invited me here today. <laughs> because it's made a difference for me. Right. All right. We've got just a couple of minutes left. Um, thank you so much. Robin, as you've been sitting there, is there anything that you've thought of that you maybe want to add or any great advice you'd want to throw in there for our breathers? Well, it. Just for the Kapalabhati that we did, just really focus more on that exhale and let the inhale just happen on its own. You don't have to breathe in. When you breathe out that sharply, when you just release the belly, it naturally opens and the diaphragm will do the work. So you don't have to be like, (laughs) so that's how I see a lot of I think that's the mistake I was making. You know, so so just let the inhalation happen on its own. And the more you pull that Mm -hmm. exhalation in and relax... It happens automatically, you know, like if you were to squeeze a bellows or, or something, you know, like on uh-huh. a spring and let it go, it just would automatically go boing. So right. that's how you, the in-breath will happen on its own. Excellent. Excellent. I've even practiced some breathing where I tried to not push or pull the breath at all, but I just leaned forward until it pushed all the breath out of my lungs and then mm-hmm. sat back up, which then pulled air back into my lungs. Yeah without actually trying to push and pull the air myself. Yeah. And I did that without a, a guide or teacher. It just seemed like... A, Intuitive, yeah. I just mm-hmm. wanted to try it. Yeah. And it, it seemed to work pretty well. Wonderful. Okay, now I'm just curious. Tell me, both of you, what do you love the most about breath work? Why were you drawn to it and why do you still do it so much? What do you love about it? Well, I'm drawn to it because this is how I manage bipolar disorder. Wonderful. So I have the experience of suicidal depression at times, and I have this the experience of mania at times, and or at least I have. Mm-hmm. And largely, I have practiced breath work to maintain balance um, in my mind and body. And that's phenomenal. If I don't practice it, I do recognize that I shift into one or the other um, depression or mania. And then it just that's your. Your reminder, your cue, time to come back. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And let me say, too, if anybody would like to get a hold of Eva, you can check her out on evaambica.com. That's E-V-A-A-M-B-I-K-A dot com. And Robin, real quick, 
for you? What what do you love about breathing? Um, it's life. It's important, you know, and, and being conscious of it changes everything. You're absolutely right. And I think that we are not conscious enough of the very breath that goes in and out of our lungs. That's our time. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so happy to have you both here. Thanks for welcoming us. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week on the Extraordinary Talk Show. Bye, everybody. Bye.